0: Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of
1: Ken Griffey's Grotesquely Small and young.
0: podcast that follows my journey as I aim to get into baseball. Now, with the season starting in just a few days' time, the time of recording, I thought it was time to speak to another Brit on how he got involved in the wonderful sport of baseball. So, joining me this afternoon or this evening is Peter Pratt from the Marlins, Locked on Marlins pod. Peter, thanks very much for joining me.
1: Absolutely. i um, looking forward to this one. I mean, you picked, like I was saying before, but you picked some big teams to really start covering in advance of opening day. The Marlins, clearly a big draw, big fan base. So, um, yeah, looking forward to this one. I, I do love this, this kind of storyline too, of trying to work out how do British guys, um, or ladies, get into baseball? Because it is so extremely niche here in the UK. It's like incredibly niche. So it's, you know, trying to find common people with common interests is a little bit tough but yeah looking forward to talking to baseball and some some man's baseball as well perhaps
0: good so um and yeah that's uh almost one of the reasons why I, i've chosen baseball for for this project being a very very casual fan in previous seasons and trying to get really into it into it this year um it almost has that more old americana it's a classic it's a not nostalgic game so that's sort of yeah. kind of what it attracted it to be so is that the same for you peter Or is that how you gone into baseball or is there another more more unique reason?
1: Yeah, it's a good one, right? I mean, like as, as a kid growing up and um playing as well, like I was a, a real big cricket player, cricket fan. I used to really enjoy that kind of sport and like that passive watch almost was something that I'd grown up with. So it wasn't like I I had this need for, you know, action all the time. I was happy to sit there, you know, at at a cricket game Sipping a few beers in the sun, and you know you don't have to pay full attention to it. So, um, my brother then moved out to the states. He lives in St. Louis now. So, uh, back in I think it's 2014, I went over to stay with him for a week, and he said, "Hey, let's go to the St. Louis Cardinals." <clears throat> I said, "That sounds great." We went to a day game. Um, it was a Thursday, if I recall correctly. Day game in St. Louis, and it was packed, loaded up, and I was like, "Wow." No one works here. What's going on? How is it like midday 1 p.m. in St. Louis, sun is glorious. And it's, the, the the stadium, as I would have called it then, is packed. And I didn't really know what was happening. I, I had the broad concept of like the rules broadly. Like, you know, it's quite a simple game in many ways, but it really isn't when you get into it. Um, and I just sat there and just had an absolute blast. I thought, this is insane. I mean, we were sipping on beers all day. It was a, It was a wonderful day naturally all the people around us were hearing the accents and they were interested about why we were there too. And you know, et cetera. But overall I came away thinking that was a lot of fun. I think I'm going to start following baseball a little bit more closely now. Then I kind of then started to think, well, where can I find baseball on TV in the UK? And I didn't really know where to look to be honest with you. So my interest kind of slightly died away again as it was like not that accessible. I didn't know where to get it. Um, we then went to Miami then, on a on a family trip in 2016, and I said as one of the things I want to do, let's go and watch the Miami baseball club and uh, see what that's you know see what that's like. And went to the game and came away from that thinking that's it. I'm all in on baseball now, and the Marlins are my team. I, I felt a good connection with the Marlins at that time. So my history with baseball there's there's no direct connection as to why in many ways because no one had recommended it just my brother would say, hey, let's go to a game and have some beers. I went, okay, great. But I didn't feel that connection with the Cardinals, but then went to the Marlins and thought, actually, yep, yeah, I think I'm going to get into this as a sport and so start a follow more." So it's almost yeah.
0: like you, when you're visiting your, your brother for that first time, you almost went, you enjoyed maybe spending time with him as if you were watching, watching cricket back in the day and he was almost yeah. like the, just the small interest in the sport and then, Vacation number two in 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 the states came, and then it was time to pick a team. And the Marlins were were well, that lucky lucky second attempt. So was there in those first visits? Was there something? Perhaps was that Marlins game on the second holiday? Was that a a better game? Um, was it um, more important in terms of the series, or was it just yeah? You needed that second second bite, or almost to to get really hooked?
1: I, I don't, I mean, the game itself for the Marlins, it was it was a fun game. And actually, going that day, uh, Giancarlo Stanton hit a, hit a huge home run in that game. Um, I didn't know who he was at the time. I didn't know who any of the Marlins players were. Um, but it kind of just felt that connection there and thought, I'm going to commit to this team. Because I think with any sport, having become more of a, an NFL fan before that, that was my first kind of um, American sport, so to speak. And what I found with NFL as well is you need to pick a team. I think it's really hard to watch where you don't have a vested interest in a team, unless maybe you're betting on them, perhaps. But like I feel like that's really important in the early days of fandom is find a team that you can follow and start to understand who are the players, what's happening, and start to like follow the, the you know, the I guess the the storyline of their their season. So that was the kind of next stage for me. It was like, okay, 2014, the Cardinals, this is fun. I enjoyed this experience. I could, I could enjoy baseball. Don't quite know what's happening. But I'm enjoying it. The Marlins, again, didn't really know the players, but thought, I'm going to commit to this team at this point. And then I realized they had this app, this glorious app that I, you know didn't realize was available, this MLB app where you can just pay, you know, 100 quid a year. And you get every game live. It completely blew my mind as a concept because us, you know, back in 2016, you, you know, it's you Sky Sports or nothing, football right?
0: Football game on TV so is not even... Only half the, the big Premier League games are on TV. So yeah, it's a completely yeah. different experience that it's almost part of your TV culture. When I spoke to EJ, the Yankees fan, a couple of weeks ago, he said it's part of the summer routine. He comes home from work and he puts the ball game on just in the background whilst enjoying his his summer evening. But yeah. uh, for you, based in uh, Leeds, in, in England, I believe, so how oh. does the game fit into your routine? Do you stay up late? Do you just watch on the weekends? Do you watch the best... Best bits on YouTube in the following morning. How's your? uh, How are you going to be consuming this upcoming season?
1: Yeah, and I think that's a really important thing about how I really heavily, heavily got into the Marlins back in 2016, 17. My son was born in 2017 in the in April. What that means or what that meant was uh, I was following the team. And do you know what? Said to my wife, "Hey, that 3 a.m. feed or that 1 a.m. night feed, I'll get up and do it." So I was watching live Marlins baseball while doing the 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 night feeds with my son. Yeah, absolutely. So, and he, you know, it's funny as he's like, you know, maybe six months old at the end of the season, he was plonked there in his chair and <laughs> watching the Marlins too with me. It was, it was a, it was a, a great experience. I mean, he was very young then clearly, but you know, his legs were kicking when, you know, I was shouting and stuff, but that was back then. I certainly don't do that now. Um, so no one in my opinion should willingly begin up at 3am every day, um, to be watching baseball. Um, not when you have a, a normal family life and a normal nine to five day job, let's say, but yeah, for me, my, my consumption is two, it's, it's two ways really. Either I'll watch the the day games live and really enjoy them. I love the day games um, where that's normally kind of like six o'clock, seven o'clock UK time. I think that's perfect. You know, usually a Sunday or a Thursday, the most likely day games, watch them live. few beers, absolutely love it. Um, you then get the weekend games. I'll probably start watching them live, and okay. then we'll go social dark. So at that point, I'll shut everything off and won't look at Twitter or anything until I've then caught back up on the game. Um, so I then have the MLB TV app. All spoilers are hidden, and I basically look to try and consume the game as it was live, but it we'll isn't watch live. It live. yeah. Correct. Because what I really realize as well is baseball is a long game. Uh, and it's going to be a little bit shorter this year with some of the new rules, but, you know, three hours of content, which is quite slow paced. If you know what's going to happen, it's really not that entertaining. Like baseball, when you know what's going to happen overall, it's it's a bit more of a tougher watch. That's something I realized, too. So that's why I go fully social dark. Make sure that no spoilers happen, no alerts on WhatsApps, no nothing and I'll just get up in the morning, probably drop the kids. I work from home a lot. And this is the beauty now of like the post-pandemic world now. I used to be out travelling to London, Liverpool, Manchester every day. Now, still from home. Great, working from home. Baseball yeah, on in the background. background for a couple of hours. And, you know, it's all good. So, yeah, that's my my routine in general.
0: Oh, that sounds good. So you've got um, at least a couple of games that you're watching in in full, almost at the, the weekend and the Thursday night Thursday night games. And then you, you go social so dark to avoid... avoid. Hearing about the 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 plays and what's happening in those other games, Um, so it's interesting. You mention social dark because, of course, you have a bit of a a social media following um, with your podcast, which you operate, which you you run daily. So, how did did the podcast start, and how who who are your listeners? How did you get yourself embedded into that into that Marlins fandom community?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this has been something that I've I've really spent a lot of time into. You know, from that time when I really started getting into baseball, um, and I was starting to consume podcasts as well back in like 2017, 2018. Like there wasn't as many available at that point. I was just finding my way. Um, so I was starting to consume stuff and starting to play fantasy baseball too. So that was the other thing that I was starting to get into, which really helped my understanding beyond the Marlins, which wasn't a bad thing because the Marlins weren't great. Um, but the the guys at Batflips and Nerds, they had a podcast. One summer, maybe it was 2018, if I recall, maybe 2017, can't actually remember the the exact year. And they said, hey, come on, want to come and talk about the Marlins. I was like, that sounds great. I was really nervous doing it. I've never done anything like that before. And came away from that feeling like, I think I'd like to do this, but a Marlins podcast, I'm just going to see if there's anyone out there in the UK, specifically the UK, are there any other Marlins fans out there that may want to come and do a podcast with me once a week was the idea. So I put it out there on Twitter, and and shockingly found three guys that came back and said, "Pete, I'm a Marlins fan in the UK, and I'd love to do it. Let's go." And I was like, "Wow, okay. Um, how do I do this now? <laughs> what, <laughs> what happens next?" Um, and that that podcast was called Fish Across the Pond," and we did that for I think three seasons, pretty much an episode a week. Yeah. Uh, the four of us, are, uh, you know, as uh, and I was hosting, it and the three guys, and absolutely loved it great pods. we had some of the players on um, you know from the Marlins themselves managed to um, come on various other guests based in the states. It was a lot of fun, really great pods. Then uh, the 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 podcast network from in the States locked on uh, who basically have a, a podcast covering every US team out there any any every sport all the major sports they have uh, a host covering every team and uh, a vacancy popped up for the Marlins um, where a good friend of mine as well transitioned away to go and do his own thing. Um, and they reached out and say, "Hey, listen, we got a we got a vacancy. What do you think? It's a paid spot." And I was like, "Whoa, a paid spot? Okay, um, tell me more. What's what's this all about?" <laughs> so, you know, I I ummed and with it really thinking about is this right for me? Like five episodes a week is a lot of episodes, um, and it's not easy to squeeze it in around not only your general life, plus the two three hours of watching baseball watching every day. Too and then trying to do a podcast as well, whilst trying to do content that isn't going to age so poorly because I'm effectively on a 12-hour lag because I'm watching the games late and then recording late. So it's quite a complicated um, situation, but we've made it work so far. I'm over a season into it with, uh, with the Locked On show. And, you know, it's, it's fun. It's a fun pod. It's something that is very... Demanding as well, I yeah. would say. Like trying to create content about the Marlins specifically on a daily basis um, is is not easy. But for my my approach, typically is try to go heavy on fun. Yeah. I'm not a statistical guy. A lot of people that are into baseball are really statistical minds in many ways. They like that side of the game. It's not what drew me to the game, and it's not it's an area that I'm taking a bit more interest in. But for me, I try to have a fun approach, conversational. With a few hot takes sprinkled in there. That's usually uh, my my approach, anyway. So there might
0: be an episode on what Sandy Alcantara posted on Instagram, or what's uh, new new at the ballpark. Those looking at the fun fun issues around surrounding the team, and not just batting averages and how many stolen bases there are in, in particular particular week week of week of baseball.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'd say. It- I try to mix it up and I try to mix it up by using the guests, really. I think that's the key thing is like using different guests to come in who have got their own approaches, their own different styles with with baseball coverage. And a lot of people do like the uh, stat side, which I acknowledge, but it's not my strength. And so I try to lean on others where it is to bring it to life uh, for certain as well. And there's others out there that just want to come in and just want to blow the team up. If the team's terrible, they want to tell you they're terrible and exactly why. And they've got they won't hold back. For some people, they really enjoy those episodes too. Other okay. people just like people that come in, just chat about general things and get out of there. Like it's there's so many different guests, and the, the listenership is primarily US based. It's, you know, 90% is, you know, US people listening to me, which is quite a weird concept in some ways, where you've got the Locked On Podcast Network, one of the biggest networks out there now in the States, from a podcast perspective anyway, with. Daily coverage of every team, and they've got a UK host covering the Marlins, um which is kind of wild. um And all, yeah, their, this a all nice, their listeners' nice niche,
0: really. really yeah, if, if the um I guess I said lock, Locked On Network is one I've, I've come across quite quite a lot already in these these few weeks, being involved in the baseball, baseball, baseball social media world. But equally, it's one of quite quite a few podcast networks. So I guess your niche amongst the Marlins fans, as you are British host, you're obviously super passionate, and yeah, you're bringing that different different take take to to the sport and and the the fandom
1: definitely there's tons of other podcasts out there as well like marlins ones too and we all we all like coexist i think pretty well and we all go on each other's shows and again everyone has their own style and i think that's the the beautiful thing is you know there's so many different ways and aspects to approach content around baseball and, and the marlins and you know i think we all coexist really well it's a lot of fun and um you know i think we all you know maybe help each other along the way as well with it as the year goes on
0: Good. Um, so you've obviously got this built-in network of Marlin fans and those three, three other guys in in the UK you did your initial podcast with, to so know all of your, your guests in the in the Locked On pod. But how did you get to know about Marlin's Marlins history? So they won a, the first World Series pretty early in franchise history compared to a lot of expansion teams. So how did you immerse yourself into that history of being watching Best best moments on YouTube, re- reading books, watching documentaries, or, or just talking to your podcast guests about the history of the Marlins. How have you immersed yourself in, the, in, in
1: that? It's probably been more that way, really, where the guests will come on, and they want to start talking about the history. Hey, do you remember '97? You remember '2003? And they want to talk about players. And to be honest with you, I don't know who they're talking about. Um, it's I really haven't spent tons of time going all the way back, trying to really dig into it. I've lived in more of the present, the here and now, and. Uh, whatever but what I must say is more recently I did read uh, I did read a book uh, would you believe which is a shocker Mm -hmm. I know was just on holiday uh, in in February and thought you know what I'm going to get a Marlins book and so I ended up reading that um, which was which was great actually and all of a sudden some of these um, some of these players names that you almost the recurring
0: characters that you didn't know why they kept on getting mentioned and brought up exactly
1: exactly so it really it, it was really interesting just reading it and, and kind of digging into the story so this was about the, the 97 um team which went on to win a World Series as well so yeah it, it's not a big area that I've focused in on some people like again like to some people have a real like statistical approach to stuff they have a historical approach I'm neither of those pri- primarily I'm more into the here now and the the kind of the hype I will say and the and, and the fun elements rather than kind of going back and combing through stuff. Um, you know in the history of the club those days those two years anyway huge for the Marlins like you said like as an expansion team winning multiple World Series in a relatively short space you know it's they they were punching they way overachieved to be honest with you we're now nearly 20 years on and they've come nowhere near to sniffing at that ever again and so that just shows how Impressive it was to kind of double down in those two World Series in that in that window with very different squads, seemingly. Um, and how long this rebuild has continued on for, for the past 20 years. Like the Marlins have been uncompetitive, the most uncompetitive team, probably in that stretch. So, yeah, it's been a bit of a tough one for the Marlins fan base. And I think me coming into it new, I don't have the scars that some of the older fans have. They have the scars not of the, the wins, they love the wins, but all that's happened since then, the letdowns. Because in baseball, 162 games regular season, this is the other thing that blew my mind about baseball. Like, it completely blows my mind how many games there are. And to follow a team for 162 regular season games and, and for them to be poor or to underwhelm, I mean... It's big commitment. That's a big commitment, it really is. Like, <laughs> that is a death by, like, 162 paper cuts. Like, it's... um <laughs> You know it's it is it's tough so you know I, I think a lot of fans wear the scars um i just kind of keep looking forward hoping okay.
0: <laughs> that that's again it's really really interesting because as i said at the start one of the reasons i've been wanting to get into baseball is because of the history and almost the old-time americana but for you it's yeah. it's the future it's it's the present so from your yeah. five or so years following the team um uh, obviously the huge story was the couple of probably pandemic-affected season. So mm. what's been your high point of your five years and what's been your your low point? Where are you already getting those those scars and those, those 162 paper cuts?
1: Yeah, for sure. The, the high point that, I mean, as you called it out, that, that 2020 year when the Marlins, the, the shortened season, again, going back to the point you made, or I was making, 162 games regular season, um, to someone new into the game, you have to question that. You should question that. Why do you need to have a season that, that long? It's baked into history. It's because we've always done it, is the answer. And that is always the answer that you should continue to double down and ask the question why do we do this? And actually, I think what we're seeing in the modern day society is 162. It's unnecessary and actually probably should be shrunk. Anyway, going off on a tangent, mm-hmm. the 60 game sprint was a lot of fun for exactly that reason. When you've only got 60, all of a sudden, every game means so much more. And it really focuses the mind. And all the teams were in it because the the season was so short. Like everyone was battling away and like everyone felt they had a chance. So for me, it was amazing. The Marlins were at the heart of the COVID storm. They were the they had a, the first team that had a big kind of COVID outbreak. And oh, the Marlins must have been doing something untoward. No, it's just, you know, it's the way COVID works. It's airborne and, you know, it,
0: everyone gets it at that point. point.
1: Yeah. Everyone gets it. But, you know, at the time, everyone's learning about it. And the Marlins were the first team that had this incident going on. So there was a lot of negative press around that. And they effectively played with, you know, a second team while everyone was dealing with COVID for a week or two. Marlins were finding people that, have you ever thrown a baseball? Uh, Yeah, four years ago. Okay, great. Come and pitch for us now. And they were winning games doing this. It was absolutely insane how they managed to do it. So that season was a huge high point. More personally for me was... Uh, because they then moved all their media coverage, like a lot of other sports did, to online due to the, <laughs> the pandemic restrictions, um, had a few connections with the Marlins at that point to say, listen, guys, wouldn't normally have this opportunity because you always do your, your media in face at the ballpark. It, yeah. um, what do you think? Do you think I can get in on these Zoom calls, the, the Marlins, you know, media Zoom? And they went, yeah, I think we'd make that happen. So next thing is, I'm there daily on a daily basis as part of the, the pre-game, post-game media stuff, which for me personally was just absolutely wonderful. Like, you're there asking questions to the manager, the players on a daily basis, and that was a lot of fun personally for me. The team did great. They, they made the postseason. So there was so much that went right in times that were tough for everyone, right? I mean, like, this kind of lockdown vibe was really challenging for a lot of people, but the undercurrent there for me was just of pure joy. The Marlins doing well. And me enjoying being um,
0: be, be, be a part of it which is it's, it's quite interesting so um in terms of your fandom would you say um so you're a very modern fan you've got got a podcast you're joining press conferences via via zoom But how often have you been able to actually go to the Lone depot park have you been back since that since that is that first holiday in 2016 or is it still completely from, from afar far since
1: i've never been back so i've only been once uh, in that, that game in 2016. Uh, I'm 40 this year, which I know is is, is crazy to people. Uh, How's people? not going Exactly. Guess that. <laughs> I'm 40 this year, so it's on the list of, like, we have to get back. Um, again, the pandemic stuff's made it tricky. I've obviously got a young family as well. Like, like it's it's not easy because I, the needs are different. I want to go and have a baseball trip, to be honest with you, where mm-hmm. I, I'd happily just go away for a week and just go and watch baseball for the week. Really, that's a bit of a tough sell to the family into the missus and whatever. So we need to try and find a way of, like, blending the two. Clearly in South Florida, you're not a million miles away from Orlando, from et cetera. So yeah. there's other ways to make that happen. So I think we'll make it happen this year. Hopefully find some time in the, the kind of school summer holidays to get out there. Um, and it's going to be amazing. I think that will be the funny. The funniest thing will be I'll, I'll have to say to people, listen, if you see me around, you're going to need to tell me your Twitter handle because that's how I know people now. Like oh, yeah, go back just, to like mm-hmm. how do you know people? How do you you know your connections? They've either been guests on the pod, but there's literally hundreds, if not thousands, of people that I've engaged with in the past couple of years that I wouldn't have a clue what their name was, what they looked like, because you know they've got different kind of profile pics and names that mm-hmm. are obscure, you wouldn't know. But I'd if people would come up and you'd, you'd be like, listen, what's your Twitter handle? that would be the only way yeah. to identify these people, which will be quite a a weird situation but one that I do hope we can make happen this year get over there do a couple of games and hopefully the Marlins are competitive that would be even better um you know to get in there when they're in the hunt still the fan base is engaged hopefully the fans are actually at the ballpark it's one of the again one of the Marlins main problems they faced into for the many many years but yeah that's the plan um we'll see if we can execute on it and get out there but um you know we we, nothing's booked yet let's put it that way
0: Okay, well, uh, Peter, I know you've been very generous with your time and you've got to soon be able to record one of your uh, five times weekly Loved On Marlins podcasts. So with the season starting very soon, hopefully you're almost at the end of your prediction episodes. But if you can uh, just uh, share, share one more time your predictions for this season and where you hope the Marlins will be if you're able to go out and catch them in July and August.
1: Yeah, for sure. There's been a lot of hot takes, a lot of predictions going on. You're right to call that out. I would say is what I'd say with the Marlins specifically is it, it's really hard to predict the number. Like I'm a little bit uncertain. There's just such a high variance in this team this year, um, both negatively and positively. I could see them having a good year, finishing over 500, which would be astounding, considering they only won 69 games last year um, and were were well adrift. Um, so, I I have them in that range more so in and around 500 um, which I think would be seen as a successful year for the Marlins I don't think that would be enough to capture the a wild card spot to be honest with you but I would say that would be seen as progress however my view my more generalist view is it's you know postseason or bust in in sports and I don't think it's about Oh well, can you get eighty wins? Eighty wins mean you don't make the postseason. If you're not in the postseason, you don't have a chance of winning the World Series. And so, if you don't make the if you don't make the postseason, then it should be seen as a failure, in my opinion. Um, more generally, the NL the NL East is very tough. There's a lot of good teams in there. Uh, a lot of them spending a lot of money. Um, so, I'm optimistic about the Marlins. They they are taking some risks, some chances. They are zigging when others are zagging right now. And they will either look really, really smart at some point and go on a crazy run and be like, wow, how the Marlins have nailed this, or they will look extremely foolish and there could be some jobs at risk off the back of that. We'll wait to see which one it is.
0: Yeah, well hopefully one of those jobs is not your your job as the host of the podcast, but I'm sure you it's uh thank you for sharing your enthusiasm. I'm sure it's a fantastic listen five times a week so pete thanks very much for your time um so your handle it's at miami marlins underscore uk is that right is there a separate account for the pod or is that the best place for people to find you
1: no that's me i'm mainly a twitter guy um so no instagrams no tiktoks no no no. i'm 40 years of age guys way too old for those platforms so twitter only at miami marlins underscore uk uh feel free to follow me there it is a lot of marlins talk there's a lot of hyperbole a lot of hot takes so if that's what you like on over to there also there is the podcast locked on marlins head on there hit subscribe if you want those daily basis um, for your marlin stuff
0: well perfect well pete thanks very much for your time and i'll be sure to subscribe to those, those channels as well thanks again for listening you can find the podcast at swollen jaw pod and please remember to share and review so that other baseball fans can find us Please get in touch if you have a story, idea or suggestion about your team that I need to know about and tune in next week to hear more about my journey into baseball.